It's time for the End of Conversation Podcast With funny man Damian Lemon And the voice of your choice Ali Muhammad Yeah, this is Damian Lemon Yeah, this is Ali Muhammad And this is In the Conversation The Podcast Yeah We are back <laughs> Back Back in the building, uh, middle of Black History Year, still going, still out here. It's heating up. Juneteenth around the corner, so get your red fit together and your Kool Aid if that's what you do. Uh, you know, it's it's at that point now where the heat wave is coming, and the heat wave. I'm starting to get them little air conditioner colds. Mm-hmm. And then I gotta, you know, I gotta make the the decision to whether I'm a swelter in place or I'm gonna turn the AC on and have to turn the TV up to a hundred to hear it because I got a loud. <laughs> oh man, my AC in the living room, not in the living room, in the bedroom, got to be replaced. That joint, that joint sound like a, a '65 Monte Carlo. <laughs> the way that that motor is running. But, uh, you know, still out. I'm, well, I'm inside till I'm outside. But today, when this hits, that will be my, my release date. I'll be, I'll be officially in the world, and we will see how that goes. But uh, So you're counting that I based would, off of your vaccination? Both my vaccination date, yep. Tomorrow okay. will be the two weeks since. No doubt. And uh, official. I don't really got no true plans. Outside of a haircut, I gotta get some some uh, some gigs going. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I got I got mixed emotions about being into the world. I think it'll subside after a couple weeks, but mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting just to go from a quarantine of one to engaging in a bunch of people being in a cellar with hundreds of people or a hundred people. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's gonna take some getting used to, but uh. You know, I think I believe in the uh, I believe in the natural order of adaption. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be what it's gonna be. How you doing, man? Wait, before you get to me, now you said yeah, you still rocking that fro? Oh yeah, and no, I ain't cut it down. I'm out here looking crazy. I'm no, in the world. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it was big a long time ago. You got a, a whole. Got down shaft, shaft joint now. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And it's uh it's unruly. Like there's a lot of maintenance to that shit. You gotta <laughs> learn how to how to do a whole lot of things and you gotta like it's a whole world. I done been on YouTube. I'm looking at how to, you know, detangle <laughs> your hair. I, got, I did a porosity test. I did all types of shit. I'm buying different types of deep conditioners and shit. Like it's it's a lot. Yeah. And uh yeah, man. I don't know if it, it I'm really trying like, to do that. It seems like the fro needs some type of content for you to let it go, even if you just keep it for yourself, a historical record. Oh, I've been documenting the fro. I've been definitely a lot of, you know, a lot of photos and things of that nature. So it'll be out there. We'll see if I ever put it into the world. We'll see what happens after this this cut. You know, we'll so, see what, uh, yeah. See so what, 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 what cut you going with? What, you, what kind of cut you going with? I don't even know yet, man. I don't even know yet, man. We'll we will see. Uh, yeah, we will see, man. I'm. I don't. I don't know if I'm going Caesar or a little. I don't know, bro. I gotta. I gotta see. <laughs> no, nah, I, I, I was just curious. You know what I'm saying? I was just yeah. Curious. 
Uh, 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 uh. So I don't know. What about you, man? You be cutting your own hair or you nah, like? Nah, nah. I, I, um, well, I don't do much. I do. I go get a haircut. And uh-huh. then I go through the phase of letting it all the way phase all the way out. Get a little. Uh-huh. I don't let it get unruly no more how I used to. You know what right. I'm saying? I, I don't streamline my, my look a little bit. So. Yeah. Like before, I might get a haircut twice a year. You know what I'm saying? And then mm, just let mm-hmm. it, you know what I'm saying? Let it be, let it do what it do. And you know what I'm saying? That's my look. Throw my beanie right. on and let it poof out the sides. Um, yeah. But since I streamline, I probably get a cut uh, once, probably once a month. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. So I cycle between a clean, I have a, a clean look for about two weeks. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's super clean. Then I revert to like the, you know what I'm saying, my summer beanie, you know what I'm saying, still halfway clean look. And then by the third week, you know what I'm saying, it's go, about time to go get a cut. You know what I'm saying? So What's a summer what, a summer beanie meaning like a little summer beanie? Like a cat? Yeah, yeah. I found a or beanie. some LA shit? Yeah. Well, okay, go ahead. I, I don't know what a LA shit is, but I found a beanie at the Cos store. Um COS. At the who store? COS. It's a it's a shop called Cos. I guess it's Cos or Coast or whatever. C O S is it. And they, they make very uh Asian influenced looking shit. You know what I'm saying? And so okay. A lot of my, I just like the simplicity and the the price point of what they do because it's not super expensive and no shit like that. It's it's nice in the middle type of place, but the styles are, are pretty dope and it's you know it, it's kind of like it fits my flavor. You know what I mean? Colors are mm-hmm. muted, muted colors and shit like that. You know what I mean? So I bought some some cashmere beanies from there for the winter, and then they had mm. like. This uh, I guess it's made out of canvas. You know what I'm saying? Folded up, uh, okay. and then and then it got like you know like a the dad hat type of attachment in the back, and um, that's uh, I've been, okay. I've been rocking with that. Like that's been cool. Like days when I wear a hat, like on the third week, I put that on. Uh-huh. But okay. I, I've been letting the baby fro, I you know cut the fro down pretty much. You know, saying to where it's manageable, and I don't need mm-hmm. no unruliness. Cause right. what happened is I, I do the little baby fro with the taper fade, and then right. put the put the little sponge, the little twist sponge on it. Okay, and, yeah. But see, the twist sponge don't work too good when your hair too long. At least on my hair, when my hair too long, uh-huh. it don't work that good. So it's a nice little. You got to get it at a nice length where that shit work real good, and then you know it's, it's low maintenance. You know what I'm saying? Make sure it's moisturized yeah. and you're good. Jump out. Wham bam, so right. Um, been you know rocking, rocking that. So a good two and a half weeks strong, and then you throw the little hat on for like half a week, get a cut, and start over. I hear that. Yo, whoever patented the twist sponge, man, I hope they patented it. Actually, whoever came up with it, I hope they got a patent on it, cause that kind of revolutionized the game, mm-hmm. like. I don't know who put that together, but once it kind of emerged, mm-hmm. it has been it has been winning. It yeah. is a, a new option. Yeah, it, it is definitely you know what I'm saying a, a, a black staple. You know what I'm saying in the if you got a natural little fro, you know what I'm saying because right. you know right now it makes like you always wanted a little texture on your fro before that existed, 
And mm-hmm. it's very hard to get it unless you twist your whole hair. You know what I'm saying? And then right. twisting it is a whole nother look than the halfway twist. So what the sponge yeah. give you is kind of like a halfway twist where it's just like texture on top of your fro. And it's like, okay. But then again, mm-hmm. you know, a nappy fro wasn't really the look at one point. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Everybody wanted a smooth fro. So. Right, right. With First, no hair out of place. Right, no the, hair out the, of place. Yeah. Line up, yeah. shape up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tapered yeah. out. First, That's a lot of maintenance. First time I ever seen it, I was like, what is going on? I saw uh, my man, um, my man Damani from Inglewood, the mm-hmm. rapper. Mm-hmm. He was right. out here in Brooklyn and we was hanging out and, you know, he, I was shooting his, I was shooting a little freestyle video for him and he pulled out a sponge and I'm like, man, what the fuck is that? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because I thought he pulled out a big brush. I'm like, what the fuck? He, what the fuck is you doing? Right. I'm like, oh shit, the cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh shit, Damn, super that shit, transformation. That shit does in seconds what it used to take hours to do. Mm-hmm. Man, nah, that's what's up. Yeah, I really hope whoever the 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 creator of that. I hope they getting it off. I hope they cashed in, cause if not, woo! I know they sick. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's also a good promo item too. I've seen like a lot of barbershops, you know, making their signature, like they'll put their logo on it, mm. like you know what I mean. Like you could just, you could buy them in bulk, I guess, and get them <laughs> customized or whatever. It's a, it's a, you don't see. I'm sure there's a lot. And I don't, I don't track it as much, but like. But well, if I'm definitely talking about men's hair care, I don't want to say because I don't track it, so I don't want to go on record. But from my purview, you don't see a lot of new innovation that sticks, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, so for something to be to kind of damn near join the ranks of the pick, the comb, the brush, the do rag, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's rare air. So <laughs> rare hair air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So yeah. Salute. Rare. Oh shit. Black man. innovation. Which, black innovation, man. So back to how you doing? You good, you said? Or what, you didn't even Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm want- good, man. I'm out in the world. I'm working. You know what I'm saying? Moving mm-hmm. moving about. I'm planning out, you know what I'm saying, my my next ventures and you know what I mean? Just getting shit together. Doing shit in a different way than than I've ever done, and I'm um, really trying to plot shit out in a in an organized way. Asking for help, you know what I'm saying? And asking you, they thou shall receive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, that's what's up. It feels different, you know what I mean? Feels different. Uh huh. How's that been? Asking for help, the uh, you know, the vulnerable, humble uh, plea. How how have you adopted that? And um, how do you execute it? Well, it's not that hard. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I've I've failed before. You know what I'm saying? So, and I know some. You know, I've learned the lessons of the L being the lesson. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you're gonna jump out again on something, you know, you you have to do better, or you know what I'm saying, or you or you doing the insanity thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> If you want a different outcome, you gotta you gotta try something different. And the older you get, the more you realize, God damn, shit is changing. And woo, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I need right. to adopt some of these new methods. You know what I'm saying? And so, right. um, you know, 
I reached out to a kid, and he's not a kid no more. But I met him; he was a kid. He was a he was a member of my social network when I had Twenty First Century Hustle, and um, I saw that he was doing some artificial intelligence type of shit. I'm like, man, well, that's interesting. Let me see what the fuck he talking about. Hit him up. We chopped it up. You know what I'm saying? And you know he was he was he was eager to help. You know, and shit, we've been putting it to work. Now help ain't free, so. <laughs> don't don't get it twisted. Like when the, after the help comes, then the proposal and the invoice comes. So okay, you know okay. But but again, all the shit that was in the proposal. Actually, I just left this meeting, so it's fresh on my head. All the shit that's in the proposal is shit that I know that I am not gonna do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? On my own. It's like, okay. if I had to do it on my own, it's like, yeah, it'll be an arduous task that will derail everything because I, would be, I wouldn't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? And it's not my forte, and I would have to learn every every step of the way. So, so um, you know, I was, I was um, delighted to see that, okay, this is what your company does. This is what y'all specialize in. This is, you know what I'm saying, this is your forte. These are the things that have worked for you in that space. So I was happy to see that all of the things that I'm not strong at there is what they do. Mm. So that proposal is not um, preposterous to me. It's like something, okay, well, shit, let me go ahead and figure out how, how I could make this happen. So so they, they submitted me a proposal. Then I went, <laughs> turned right around and submitted somebody else a proposal that hopefully they'd offset each other <laughs> you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know for me it, it seemed like a sign like shit you you gotta write a proposal today that can actually take care of the needs that you need on your next shit and then you know instead of making plans for that bread you put that bread mm-hmm. as the investment and keep it moving right that's what's up that's good that's good. That gives you some focus, you know, and uh, yeah. helps you uh, determine a number, which could sometimes uh, be a little random. But when you, you know, when you got something <laughs> to point at, you got right. something to cover, it makes right. it a lot easier. Right. right. Yeah, man. That's yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you, you believe in what it is that you got going and you like the direction that, you know, it's all moving. So it right. feels, I mean, you, you're going to do it anyway. Either you're going to not do it and spend it in other ways and right. end up with the L again, or you're going to spend it and try to do it the right way. You're not guaranteeing no win, but shit. Right. <laughs> you're in a whole, yeah. uh, shit, you're 10 steps ahead of where you ever started from, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you, you're giving back to the world. like you, you know what I mean? You're paying it forward, mm-hmm. literally. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's... That's always a good thing. That mm-hmm. is always a good thing. Um, that made me think of something that I forgot just that fast. But, uh, you know, just it's about basically just learning, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, it's that shit's going. <laughs> it's going. It all, it'll, it'll come back. Yeah, that shit is out of here. It'll, it'll come back at some point. Right. But, um Oh man, yeah, man. What have what uh, did you see? Did you see the uh, 
<laughs> I was going to say a horrible transition. Did you see the Mayweather uh, Paul fight? I think it was Logan Jake. I, 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 I still have. Go ahead. They didn't get me for the fifty. I watched it via Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. As the clips right. came through, as the you know what I'm saying. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? Somebody sent me a link, but, you know, it had too many hoops to jump through to get to it. So I just went ahead and, and watched it via the Twitters. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's tricky sometimes. And funny thing was the actual, if you actually paid for it, was just as tricky this time as these links. So mm-hmm. Showtime is actually giving refunds back because their app crashed. Mm. But, um yeah, I got to see it uh, courtesy of the internet, you know, <laughs> and, you know, it was it, typically those type of things are like funny style. Like you said, jumping through too many hoops, too many windows opening mm-hmm. then the stream just abruptly died. But for, you know, uh, for whatever reason, surprisingly, just like Paul, my stream lasted eight rounds. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was uh it was it was interesting. It was cool to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting. It was I, my my takeaway. I got a little bit of a takeaway from from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one hand, all right. So let me start with Mayweather first, right? Mayweather's the the goat the mm-hmm. champion undefeated still even though this isn't like a real fight this isn't sanctioned this is an exhibition you know no judge don't really go on the record that type of thing mm-hmm. but he's still leveraging his legacy his undefeated legacy his uh his heel card mm-hmm. which uh one of the announcers shout out to Desus and Miro because they were announcing Desus and Miro and another guy, Moro. I don't know if that's his last name. I believe it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, he made the point that I thought was pretty interesting. He was like, um, it's, and I still, I, I believe this was Logan or Jake. I still haven't figured out which this, Paul uh, is who. Logan. This is Logan. Yeah. Okay. Jake was on the sideline so, talking shit. Yeah, wilding, looking mm-hmm. crazy. Um, so. Yeah, so Logan uh, Morrow was like, you know, who would have thought Logan Paul was the person to make Mayweather look like a baby face, which is using like wrestling terms. You know, there's heels and there's baby faces. Baby faces are the guys you root for. The heel is obviously the bad guy. And typically mm-hmm. Mayweather's been a heel for a long time for whatever, for various reasons. Uh, probably most... Um, up front is the fact that he's undefeated and mm-hmm. obviously other ones that get a little bit more controversial, mm-hmm. but the fact that he's undefeated rich still kind of got his wits, still has his wits about him and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But this guy, uh, Logan, uh, Jake Paul is, I think this is the one that went through the little Japanese, um, forest of the dead and he was recording it which was like crazy you know he's got a lot of internet infamy and you know comes across a bit i don't know entitled obviously coming from like a dubious uh point of arrival you Mm -hmm. know via like tiktok you know tiktok uh videos and kind of leveraging it to fame 
I, I look at this this move for both of them. I look at this move as uh, successful clout chasing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like this is this is this is kind of clout chasing going right. These two, these Paul brothers, are Kardashian the uh, the fight game so much mm-hmm. so like shit. Ten years from now, we might look up and have a ton of respect for what they're doing and almost forget the entryway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So see that because on one hand, I was like, man. There's a part of me that just felt like I got this entitlement thing. You're not a real established fighter. You're actually 0-1, and then you basically white man your way to the head of the line and fight arguably the greatest fighter of this generation. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And more so, it's there's really no, there's all upside for you. If you lose, you wasn't supposed to win in the first place. If you just hang in there like you did, it damn near looked like you won. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? At the same, and then you benefit from having that name on your resume. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's that, right? So I looked at that side of things. That's the Paul side. Then the Mayweather side. Mayweather uh, reminds me of the weed man that's selling mid and fake cookies packages. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Eat a cat. By the time you get home and you discover that you smoking booth, he done got your money and he's gone. <laughs> it's over. You know what I'm saying? And you're, you're sitting there half high and very upset. You know? And it ain't like he is throwing a rock and hiding his hand. Like, he's straightforward. I saw one of his press conferences post this fight and he said yo I'm going to the Hall of Fame that's already a given at this point I'm just making money mm-hmm. he said he said and I love this this choice of this this word choice he said you know when it's a chance to pull off another heist I'm gonna take it mm-hmm. <laughs> oh shit this shit is basically Ocean's 51 mm-hmm. you know what I mean like he said fuck it let me go ahead and get this I think he might have stands to get 50 million Paul gets 10 million 50 million for eight eight rounds of dipping and dodging you know what I'm saying it, it's, it's shit it's uh you shit I mean it's not uh that's not a bad route to make 50 million is all I'm saying and you know uh he did what he did i will say he did try to you know especially in the fourth round he tried to give him some work but from the door and my only hesitation well hesitation but my worry was one legacy i found myself worried more about his legacy than he was and after a while i had to check myself because obviously he's leveraging he know where he stands whatever whatever but this cat is almost 50 pounds uh heavier than you Mm -hmm. Quite taller than you, got more reach than you. And all he need to do is land a lucky punch. But that's pretty much everybody that's ever fought Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Mayweather don't got crazy knockout power. So the odds of him knocking the kid out, you know what I mean? They weren't slim to none because the guy is still an amateur, but it's going to take a lot. And, uh, I mean, he went for it as much as he could without putting himself at risk. So at the end of the day, I mean, it was what it was. It was more of the same it, the hype, the uh, the hype lived up to the hype. 
not the fight, but the hype lived mm-hmm. up to the hype. It was, it was, it was what it was. But yeah, that's my my takeaway from that fight. How you feel about it? Well, it's like this, man. Again, my man did a career. He worked his whole career undefeated, did his business. You know what I'm saying? He solidified. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A one stamped official. At this point in most boxers' careers, after they retired, they usually a punch drunk, and these exhibitions are a sad motherfucking affair. So it ain't like he the first one that has done exhibitions after his career. They all be doing them, but they're usually mm-hmm. shit. Mike Tyson and fucking Roy Jones just did one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a they not who they were. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a spectacle at this point. And mm-hmm. what what is all of this shit? Entertainment is spectacle all across the board. You know what I'm saying? So he has very little to lose. You know what I'm saying? The the logistics of the shit probably was worked out. You know what I mean? Even if even even if they didn't say nigga, don't try to knock him out or whatever. You know, it's very little chance as, as a defensive boxer as Floyd Mayweather is as a professional boxer his whole career. It's probably little chance that that amateur dude is gonna be able to knock him out. Now, mm-hmm. with that being said, you know Floyd probably wasn't supposed to try to knock him out either. However, I did see one video circulating the internet that there uh, we go that that said Floyd slipped off the script and knocked Logan Paul out. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, how that happened? Nobody seen it. So then they show it. They show the clip. He hits, he hits Logan Paul right up at the temple. And mm-hmm. he basically fell down. He fell out. But he caught him. He was like hugging Floyd. And Floyd held him up and was talking in his ear. <laughs> like, <laughs> wake your ass up, man. Bag. Wake up, yeah, nigga. Yeah. This ain't on the script. You know what I'm saying? Stick to the script. Like, yeah. he held him up. Like, he didn't step back and let him fall. He held him up until he gained, regained his composure. So I thought that was funny. Um <laughs> Uh, he it was one another clip they showed where Logan Paul, you know, he was you know throwing a hell of of uh, punches and shit, and then after he, mm-hmm. I mean it was probably like 15, 20 punches, and, mm-hmm. and after he finished, Floyd just you know what I'm saying stood up straight, just almost smiled, and <laughs> was like man, that's some bullshit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, what I mean, my man ain't a professional boxer and don't know how to really use his his strength and size and all that shit to knock a boxer like Floyd out. So that's one on the. On, and so as far as the hype, you know, what I'm saying they just giving the people what they want. Logan Paul, of course, they, a lot of people complaining that like Floyd, you've been dodging all these motherfuckers your whole career. Now you're gonna let this dude get a a, a chance. But it ain't really letting this dude get a chance. It's like he said, shit, this dude got enough audience and enough hype around his little fight situation that we going to walk out this bitch with, you know what I'm saying? I think they said Floyd got 30 mil payout right away. And Mm. after all the shit is tallied in the pay-per-view and all that shit could be up to 100 mil. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, yeah. If you can, if say say you're a comedian, right, and you know how the game go, you know what I'm saying. You know how shit work, and you see a young comedian that's out there just on Instagram telling jokes every day or doing skits, 
And you be like, you know what? Shit, young blood. We can help each other. You know what I'm saying? I could put you yeah. on this stage and get you this bread. And you could lend me your audience and we could get bread together. You know what I'm saying? Right. And shit, when you're talking about, I know how to get a hundred mil off a of pay-per-view and 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 drawing people. I'm a promoter. I'm a boxer. I know how to do this shit. You, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Shit. That shit is a whole lot easier than trying to find a skilled fighter, you know what I'm saying, and manage him and promote his fight and try to get people to come watch that shit. And then, you know what I'm saying, it's professional boxers who do this shit that can't draw that kind of crowd and draw them kind of numbers for pay-per-view. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like you said, if it's a high, it's a cheat code. Like, shit, I know how to, I know how to monetize. You know what I'm saying? You know how to draw. I know how to monetize. All right, let's do it. Hundred million dollars. Shit. Most motherfuckers ain't gonna see a hundred mil never. In no time. This nigga just did it with Conor McGregor. Nixon just did it again. Like, come on, man. He he is using, utilizing what he got left of his youth, his his appeal, and running it up. Running it all the way. Knock it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you spent your fifty on it, shit. Do you spent your fifty? Even fifty ain't even really no steep number for pay per view. Not for pay per view. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. You know. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm sorry. Keep going. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Um, That was my point. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Uh, I'll say. I just want to add one thing. well, one, yeah, I totally, there's, okay, I want to add one thing and then I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. to introduce a question. <laughs> uh, the thing that I I want to add, I will say this, as I found myself, not that I was invested in either one of them, like, you know what you're going to get with Floyd. Floyd is Floyd is Floyd. He's consistent. He's as consistent as the male. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it is what it is. It's not, it's not too much of a stray from the, you know, typical runner show. You already know. You've seen mm-hmm. this movie 50 times. Um, at least 35 times. Maybe earlier <laughs> the movie was a little bit more exciting, but now, you know, it is, it's consistent. Uh, Paul Brothers, like I said, there's, you know, their point of entry might have been dubious and you might have, uh, might have, you know, the whole I got your hat was so goofy and, you know, if you separate the entitlement, I wasn't invested. Like, I didn't really know much about them. Like I said, I can't even differentiate one from the other. I just know they come in, they come as a, a, a duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I will say is at the end of that, whatever you want to say, whether you came from TikTok or whatever, bro, and whether it was scripted, whether it was well choreographed or whatever, either way, you got in the ring with Mayweather and you went the distance. Mm-hmm. You went the distance. At that point, I my hat is off to you. I'm not going to lie. You did something I, I probably couldn't do. You know what I mean? Chances are I definitely couldn't do that shit. And what I appreciated more than anything was at the end of it all, like with the post-fight speeches, you know, Mayweather spoke first. You know what I'm saying? He said he kept it 100 or whatever, but, you know, he was, he gave some, you know, he they both, put it like this, they both were graceful. Mm-hmm. I I was, I guess, surprised, or not surprised, but I was, 
I was happy with the level of grace that both of them showed the other. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And one thing that stood out from what uh, Jake, Jake? Mm -hmm. Logan, Jake. Logan. Jake said, Logan, pardon me, what Logan said, one of my favorite sound bite was, I'm not trying to be a dickhead anymore. <laughs> I love that shit. Because he fighting for respect. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he put himself out there. He Again, he wants to be respected. He is really... You know, he's doing a lot of work. It's not like he's mm -hmm. bullshitting. You know what I'm saying? And shit, if we going up against Mayweather, you got you shit, right. you gotta but, you gotta take that into consideration. Hey man. So I mean consideration. Hey man. Um go ahead. You going you could do a little work for twenty mil, all right? Right. That's making that's more than all your other little shit. You know what I'm saying? Dan is gonna put you in front of a whole nother audience. Shit. Mm -hmm. Somebody told right. you twenty mil, you'd be out there working too. <laughs> Right. Well, you hope, and that's where my question comes in. Because I see this, I know you see you use the uh, comedy as a metaphor, but just in general, you know, there's always that, that saying that, you know, business is bigger than show, in the term show business, mm -hmm. right? But um, there's often this belief, especially at the onset of a career, uh, when you first start doing you know, your calling, passion, love, craft, or whatever, there's this deep, pure reverence for the craft, for the legacy. You know what I mean? It's laughable. You say it, you're laughing, but it's so many people that get caught up with it. And even myself, for a hot second, I, I don't think it lasted because I did come from a, a marketing background, a sales background, so I saw how that could apply. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But um, there's this thing, and it's not even just the reverence. There's this desire for respect. There's this belief in a meritocracy, all of that. And sometimes it hits people... Sooner than later, sometimes it hits people like a, a ton of bricks. Sometimes it doesn't hit people until almost it's too late. Mm -hmm. Then no, this is a business like anything else. And if there's a way that you could get successful, mm -hmm. take that shit. Don't don't like don't cast so much. Um, don't be but so ethical. And maybe that's not the best word, but don't be so precious about the craft that you die broke. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, but it happens a lot. I, I mean, I remember coming up, there's friends of mine, you know, even myself for like a short, it was quick. I wasn't, I mean, I don't think I, you know, I, I, I again, I kind of realized what it was. I came in the game a little later, but like, you know, you I talked to other comics and shit like that and they had like this, you know, deep admiration for like the unsung heroes and, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, the people that don't get their flowers and whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And almost like this disdain for people that kind of like caught a lick, so to say. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe either one is as cut and dry. Right. I think if we really get in the meat of both, you'll see things that aren't really, uh, it's more than meets the eye on both sides of it. And even if you quote unquote caught a lick, there's still so much in maintaining that ship. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Keeping that, keeping that, you know what I'm saying? Keeping that plane in the air. There's a lot of shit that goes into it. So it shouldn't be dismissed so easily. But um, 
where do you stand on the um that whole you know I guess art versus commerce uh you mm. know dilemma or argument that has going on since the beginning of time well you know saying that's funny you say that say it in that way art versus commerce because i that is the the dna of you know my thorough brand is you know being able to balance you know the ideas and art versus how you gonna eat you know what i mean so mm-hmm. that was you know that's that's the thing i think about a lot and how that works but um <clears throat> thing about it is is that you have to get going you know what i'm saying There's a lot of people hang on to i gotta do it the right way you know what i mean right. and don't do never get in the game you know what i'm saying and it's some people that just take whatever it is they have and do it whatever way they can and make something happen out of it so when people talk about you know the pause i'm i'm not very familiar with their start but you know YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not let's not pretend that that's an easy thing to do, to even nope. become big on YouTube. Like <laughs> that takes work. That takes getting up every day, doing your content, and you know, interacting with the, the the audience, and fucking with the comments, and having a thick skin, yep. and motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? That's that's everybody can't do that shit. Because if they did, everybody would be popular out here. You know what I'm saying? So. Let's not, let's not, it's just a new skill. It's a a newfangled career, YouTube star. You know what I'm saying? So it's a whole different culture than what we know as regular entertainment, just like Vine stars and stuff like that. They learn how to do their craft in six seconds and do it every day until they, you know what I'm saying, until they hit. That's, you know, that's not no easy shit, man. And so... When somebody hits the lick from uh, a very obscure or new way, I celebrate that. I, I like that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, I go, like, I, I, I cheer for that shit. Like, when money and violence hit. You know what I mean? That's like a win. Like, these niggas just picked up. They, they, they camera work was shitty. You know what I'm saying? They storytelling was all over the place. But it was entertaining enough for us to watch that shit and for it to be talked about. And and now that he's getting real career opportunities that some people probably been working their whole career trying to get, you know what I'm saying? It may seem like he cheated. But nah, mm-hmm. the man took a chance on himself and went out there, got in front of an audience and worked the audience that he had. And I ain't going to be mad at that. I ain't mad at the the Logan Pauls or Jake Pauls because they they found a way to get an audience. And for real, for real, if you're really looking at it and what Floyd is probably looking at the most, it's not just, all right, let's get in here and get this money. He'll say that. But what he's doing is getting in here and getting into the minds of their audience as well because he got other Mm -hmm. shit he promoting as well. You know what I'm saying? So he understands the that shit that's a whole new audience for my promotion company if i could you know lock them in in some kind of way maybe this whole youtube boxing thing is a whole nother lane that's probably might be more profitable than the one that we got going here i might you know it might be looked at as a bastardization of the sport i've seen think pieces on what is this doing to the sport of boxing this ain't the sport of boxing this is the sport of fucking entertainment 
It's still yeah. real boxers out there really training and really getting skilled. And boxing has to figure out how to survive in this space. But I think this helps boxing learn how to, you know what I'm saying, do things differently. So, you know, I, I fucks with it, man. You know, at least, you know what I'm saying, from that perspective. Like, really, I think Chris Jenner is the OG uh, mad scientist genius of all this blur of life and entertainment you know what I'm saying and and getting a check off of it and manipulating media into covering life like entertainment as opposed to yeah, you don't have to do a full production when you could just step out your house let the paparazzi come pow 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 and let that run its course for the week you know what I'm saying and then you drop your show where you gonna talk about that shit in six months and then you drop some products and run it up that shit yeah that shit is a, the new way yeah it's innovation back to what we're saying it's it's the game changing shit it's the sponge brush right. of boxing right yeah it's like look at look nah. at yeezy like look at kanye kanye is mm-hmm. in a similar position he was he was very respected as what he did in his craft you know what i'm saying as a producer, as an artist. And then, you know, he started doing the, you know, spectacle stuff with, you know, he was a Kardashian for a minute. And it seemed odd and it seemed weird, but he running it up. They just dropped, Mm -hmm. I was, you know what I'm saying? They just dropped the the first Gap product today or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now they they got Gap on the hype beast shit. Like, it's like on purpose. Like, you can't even go look at that shit. You got to be in a queue to look at the, whatever the product is. They don't even tell you what it is. It's like, you know, click it, click the link, and then it say, you are in queue. Please don't close the browser. And then you see this little right. line. I'm like, this whole fake-ass line. You could have just, it's a fucking website, man. Just put the picture up. Stop bullshit. Ain't no fucking line to look at this goddamn picture. And so, yeah. so then it comes up, little puffy jacket, $200 pre-order. Come on, run them. No zipper. You know what I'm saying? Nah, yeah. it's, it's really like a long sleeve vest and shit. But, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, right. so, these motherfuckers probably ain't even produced that shit yet. Pre-order. Let's see how many niggas mm-hmm. pay for it. Then, like, okay, shit, let's produce this amount. And, you know what I'm saying? And that's that. And then it's over. Temperature check. Right. Yeah. But, Kanye, nah, yeah, Kanye ran that same kind of program, like the spectacle. Yeah, a few times, and he more often than not he comes out on top. Even going through the megaverse, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like this cat, like is a beast. And speaking of legacy, he was the one I, I'll never forget. I thought it was really cool in a, or it was profound in an interview. They kept saying, "Well, what about your legacy? What about your legacy?" He was like, "You know, when they say that." They trying to leverage fear-based thinking against me. Mm-hmm. He's like, my legacy is my legacy. Whatever happens is what I ha- whatever happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever I did is what I did. And at the end of the day, basically, your legacy is going to be discussed more, more re- like, really in-depth when you're dead. Right. So at that point, it's over. So right. do go for it, man. Go pull that shit off. So run and, it up. Uh, he won the best. He won the best at that shit. And that, that definitely that little... No zipper, uh, round jacket, I think they call it. That shit 
if you can get one of those shits, that's going to flip, and it probably one of them things you could sit on, and it's going to be one of them pieces. Mm -hmm. Just from the rollout alone, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be like the the whatever the turtle dove Yeezy, the first mm -hmm. one or whatever innovation that he did that he rolled out. The kid is amazing. I mean, it's right. so funny when we talk about legacy and talk about you know going all out and visionary shit. You know, all of that shit, like, I want to be the next Walt Disney. That shit sounded so crazy back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, like, it don't sound as inaccessible as before. I'll be totally honest with you. The kid is out here getting to it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, uh, yeah. They keep on, you know what I'm saying, doing what they do. He'll be there. You know what I'm saying? He'll be there. Yeah. And, yeah, man. and shit, I'm so, you said that, and I'm like, damn, I got in. And I could have bought it. I was like, man, I ain't buying this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah, man. Speaking of cues, did you get your D-Nice tickets? No, nah, I left my cue. I left my, oh. I wasn't going to sit down. I was fucking sit there and stare at the screen. Oh, because I went over there. I saw it. Like, I think the good seats was gone. But, like, last week I went in there. I'd seen the queue. And it wasn't that long. It was like, at that point, it was like 15 minutes. But it wasn't, obviously, it wasn't. In the mm -hmm. mix. Mm -hmm. It was in the spot. It was in the bowl. Mm -hmm. And it's probably the bowl. The whole bowl is going to be the mix. But I was just like, I don't know if I'm like, if I get this, either I'm going to have to resell these shits or I'm going to have to commit to a whole yeah, journey a out whole, to L.A. Whole vacation. Labor Day scenario. A whole vacation. It, it could have been that, but I, I let it pass. Yeah, um, it's always the aftermarket. That's what I said to myself. Like, you know what? As it gets closer, you, you know what I'm saying? If I feel like that's my move. Right. Bust it, but look at me now. I'm yeah. in the Yeezy queue again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you, you are in, in the waiting room. I'm like, shit, fuck <laughs> it, then. <laughs> D Lemon said, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's day trading, right? That's an NFT. Oh, uh, what's gonna tell you? Speaking of leveraging YouTube, YouTube cats. I mean, I you know I've been fucking with YouTube, and one day I'm gonna shout out a bunch of creators. But in this moment, what I will say is good transition. Uh, one of my most recent favorite YouTube web series, uh, Flatbush Misdemeanors, uh, made the transition to Showtime. That was a web series, and yeah, it started as a web series. Oh, wow. Shout out to Ke yeah, shout out to Kevin Iso, Dan Perlman, and pretty much a bulk of their cast, Kareem Green, uh, Napoleon, a bunch of them were already in the web series. So to see them kind of all move over to Showtime is really good. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Kerry Coddette. Uh That shit is hilarious. I don't know if you've been watching it. No, I haven't. Um, I've I seen some of the promos. with. I saw the one with Webay. I'm like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, nah, that shit is good. I think you'll fuck with it. Uh, super funny show. Um, yeah, one of my favorite shows right now. Every Sunday, I'm I'm fucking with that. I watch that in the shot. That's my little Showtime block. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you aren't hip to Flatbush misdemeanors, please check that shit out, man. It, it's definitely worth your time. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fucking with it. I, I was watching that. I was also watching. Have you seen High on the Hog? I haven't watched it yet. I've seen all of the, all of the hype. I see people uh, talking about it, made them cry. Right. How deep it is! I haven't checked yeah. it out. Yeah, it was so funny when I first because I came across it just 
in on some explorer shit. Like I was on Netflix and I saw the little clips and obviously it's food kind of, it came across as some food porn with some black people in it. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you got me. Mm-hmm. Let me see this. And it's less food porn, more history, anthropology, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Storytelling and shit like that. Uh, the first, the first um, episode, like I said, like it, it was, it was different from what I expected. Mm-hmm. And I think I got through the first. I may, I may not have got all the way through it. I think I had to go run, and do some shit. But um, I saw, I started seeing the tweets. I saw somebody say "yo," and I'm crying. And I was like, "Hey, yo, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah, I saw that too." Like, shit, <laughs> right. I always be wondering, like, you know, I'm I'm rarely moved to that degree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I I'm I often oh, like I kinda shit. I don't wanna say I envy that because I don't, but like uh sometimes and we're going this is a different conversation that I, I almost wanted to have this week, but like the whole uh the whole trend of everyone being an empath. As of late, <laughs> I don't want to give it too much of a side eye, but all y'all niggas ain't empaths. Oh, but anyway, you um, narcissistic motherfucker, you ain't no yes. damn empath. <laughs> you don't feel me. Anyway, only um, path you is a sociopath. But go ahead. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't know you was going to have to up for it, but I'm not mad. That's a, that's a, a single. We're going to put that on the market. Anyway, yeah, when I see people being like touched by that type of shit, like by art and, you know, like I like good shit. I, you know, I've always often big to celebrate some shit, but it's been, I don't know, the last time and I got to really think about it. It wasn't that long ago because I did say I cried at some shit and I was a little reluctant <laughs> to even share that. You know what I mean, but I something kind of made me tear up. I forgot exactly what it is. That's how hardened my shit is. Right, it go right, right back to, right. you know, uh, numb mode. Right. But um, high on the hog is good. Like the first episode was a little. It it threw me because it was a little bit more like educational, mm-hmm. and um, I wasn't all the way in on the host initially. But I warmed up to him and the and the thing, and like you know, and then the subjects he was introducing in the stories man it's definitely worth checking out um speaking of that type of thing where like there's a moment i think it's the second episode i forget this uh i think her name is jerell uh i don't i don't i would have to go look and i'm trying to i'm not gonna do it in a moment but like there was this one uh baker she's a think her her book is like black girl baking or something like that mm-hmm. and uh she was going through her process and she was kind of getting emotional like crying and shit and like mm-hmm. you know it was genuine she was feeling it and um you know she was like you know it makes me feel free and uh homie was smooth he was like well i'm glad that i get to uh, experience your iteration of freedom. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that shit was smooth as fuck. I wasn't even mad. I was like, I felt like I was watching a, like a little heavy rom com for a second with like some <laughs> s- some teaching. But uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. There's a spot they also, and I don't know if you ever seen it in your hood. It's in Bed Stuy on one of these corners. There's a cat that's like a oyster guy who sees like basically got like a little stand. It's called Mother that. Shuckers. Yeah, that was kind of bugged out to me just on the corner. 
selling oysters. But it was uh it was pretty interesting. But um, you know, I watched that with my grandmother, so that was kind of cool to do that, and you know what I mean. So kind of do the knowledge and have some of those kind of conversations or whatever. Uh, Did she have anything I, to say about it? She told me she well a couple things. Well, one she liked oysters, which I didn't know because mm. I'm not a big oyster fan. I think it's a little overrated. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that was that was interesting, and I just thought you know we so we talking about history, and it was stuff that she hadn't heard of, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean, just for both of us to kind of look at the thing, and you know it was a bunch of little things that that popped. We only really watched one episode. Right, right, right. Um, I watched the rest saying? of them. That's, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool little bonding. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last thing that you know is a talent to it because as much as i love food and everything your your food processing tasting vocabulary like that helps if your shit is robust like if you know how to kind of talk about what you're tasting and what it what it evokes Mm -hmm. and all of that shit and if it's if it's artful it could take you a long way. So, yeah, shout out to that man. Shout out to High on the Hog on Netflix. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance, check that out. That's, uh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And I'm done. I'm done on that. Yeah, man. What's up with you? What you what you want to oh, chop it up? You know, so one of my homeboys told me uh, that Mark Barnes down in um, D.C., big D.C. promoter on Club yeah. Park and all that type of shit. All the way from back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Ever since I've been an adult, I've been hearing his name as a big promoter. Uh, Him and Taz were together at one point, right? Yeah, I think so. I, don't give me the line. I'm not from D.C. Okay, don't lie. You know don't lie about but, it. But, you know, I do know his name was, was ringing bells out here. You know what yep. I'm saying? So um, he, was, he sent me the thing saying that the park, he's going to open the park back as just a restaurant. And then mm. he was kind of perplexed as why he would do such a thing. And then when I thought about it, I was like, that is the new trend of, you know what I'm saying? A lot of the older promoters are utilizing restaurants as the new thing. Restaurants are like the new fly, you know what I mean? It's like the mm-hmm. brunch scene is popping, you know what I mean? Like, that's why they caught, had them girls twerking in the restaurant at the man brunch spot and he was mad because that's the new club for people who don't really who age out of the club or who ate, who who fly out of the club. Like, you know, the club you, is a certain level of drip and all that that go with it that once you once you get a little too grown and got a job and all that shit, it becomes not as important as it used to be. So mm-hmm. brunch, on the other hand, it's 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 more equitable. It's more, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's more democratized. It's like anybody could really Get in where you fit in, find the right brunch, and then you and your people go and drink bottomless drinks all day. <coughs> so yeah. when I started to think about it, I was like, yo, it's a lot of spots in Houston that have opened up as like restaurant, like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of spots in Atlanta. Like that's the shit, like breakfast at Barney's and Sauce and Copper Cove and you know what I'm saying? All of these places where they're restaurants, but it's still kind of run by like promoters. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like Peter Thomas Bar One in Miami. You know what I mean? Peter Thomas been promoting since I was in fucking high school, probably junior high. Like, he had a club in Miami when I was in high school that we used to go to, Manhattans. And then he promoted a club on South Beach, one of the first black promoters, him and Luke. He promoted a reggae night. 
So now, as you're older, you probably don't want to be having to count money at four o'clock in the morning and worry about, you know what I'm saying? All that comes with that. And you know what I'm saying? You got promoters, shady promoters doing different kind of shit. So it's like, you know what? I have a restaurant. My shit going to close at 10 fucking clock, 11 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? And if I want to throw a party when I want to, I'll throw a party and close at one. But yeah. I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? Have some good food. A lot of times you, 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 you get older yourself as a promoter or a club owner and all that. You want to live a better lifestyle. So you create a better lifestyle. So it's like, you know what? I want somewhere where I can eat good, drink good, have a good time, see the, see the view, his Peter Thomas shit on the water. That shit is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Invite all my beautiful friends and we'll do that. And if I want to go out on the boat, I'll go out on the boat right from off the dock of my restaurant. You know what I'm saying? And then that creates a better life for you. Instead of having to be all out all times of night worried about getting robbed and all that shit, you know, change the game. You know what I mean? So I was just just looking at the evolution of uh of uh promotion and black congregation. You know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. it's no longer like you know we the restaurant was just a a stop through. We gonna go there before we go to the club. You know what I'm saying? And then and then you know we'll go back to a restaurant after we leave the club. Now right. we go to the restaurant and just don't leave. Bottomless drinks. You ever been to the park in DC? Uh, yeah, yeah. One of them is Howard Homecomings. I mean, a few of them actually. Mm-hmm. A few Howard Homecomings. I I never really identified with DC as DC. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I only like went for Howard Homecoming, and then other times that I was in DC, I never really got like a. I never really got a good like. Oh, this is I, I love. I really like this place. You know what I'm saying? It was just kind of like always right. a place where you went, and it was like, okay, I could be out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Most times yeah, I went to DC, yeah. it was in and out. It wasn't like shit. Right. I want to go to DC and chill. Yeah, no, I hear you. I I, I was kind of <clears throat> took me a minute to kind of get into DC too. It's one of them them cities. Initially, well, initially I had a great time. Mm-hmm. And then I had a couple whack times out there. And then uh, probably most recently, last few times I went, or last couple times, not few times, last couple times I went, I, it was back to having a great time. Mm-hmm. And one of the places that I went to was the park. And, you know, I've been to a few of these little bottomless brunches or whatever at certain places, some in New York. Um, I don't know if I've been to a bottomless brunch in Atlanta. I've definitely been to like the brunch. Yeah, I've been to the brunch scene in Atlanta. Um, I'll be honest with you though, I ain't never seen it done as good as the park. Mm. Like that shit was. It was something that like it was. It's a, it's an experience. It's an experience. I can't even all the way describe it. Like, cause it it had a club vibe to it. But every but people were eating. I think maybe in the back room was a little bit of like there was, there was a little bit of walking around. But it was like everybody had their table. Cats was dressed up, you know. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't stuffy. The music was popping. The food was good. Yeah, the the shit was. Uh, 
I had a good ass time. Shout out to my man Brandon Howard. Um, I think I might have went out there with him. Mm-hmm. I know Brandon Howard used to um run a club out there back in the days too. Um, but um, yeah, I ain't never seen it like, and you know, obviously DC so black too. Like it was like that shit was it was fly. Like it was it was probably the peak of any of that shit that I've seen. I've been to some cool ones, mm-hmm. but that was one of those where like you know, because sometimes. You could go to a spot, like it really, like you said, like it, it's really some lifestyle shit and they've really kind of mastered it. Cause sometimes you could go to them places and if you not, you know, buying another round or whatever, you could kind of feel the heat mm-hmm. of the impending group wanting to sit down and the servers <laughs> are kind of a little bit more brusque. They kind of trying to get you up out of there and you can't really just vibe out and chill and enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. The park, it's a little bit like, you know, like from what I understand, like in Italy, like you could buy a plate of spaghetti and sit there for four hours. Like it kind of felt like that. Like it felt like, you know, and you're going, you're going to engage, you're going to get a little something. But it was like he wasn't he were not stressing and it was still it was still managing the turnover. Like the vibe never stopped. That shit was dope. And then I remember I went to this one spot. This is a whole different thing. But I went to. Velvet Lounge. I think I talked about this shit on the on the mic before. As a little club, because I went to go see Thundercat at I guess a U Street Music Hall or some shit like that a few years ago. And I was out there dolo and I just went up to this place, Velvet Lounge, just to just on some let me just poke my head in and see what it was. And that shit was lit. Like, <laughs> so I had like a nice little time out in DC to where like, you know how certain cities are go up on the list. You're like, okay, now DC, DC back. Because for a minute I had the low, but DC back. So it's one of them, I, I, I kind of grasp on it. Mm-hmm. The other, lastly, real quick before I'm done with that whole tangent, I still got a, I've been to Miami, but I haven't really done Miami heavy. I've been in New Orleans, and I still haven't got the full New Orleans that everybody loves about it. Like, it's cool, I appreciate mm-hmm. it, but I haven't really... Had an amazing time in Vegas. Those three, those are like destination cities that people be going and having it. Mm-hmm. That I have, it ha- I ha- it hasn't all the way connected to me yet. Mm-hmm. So if y'all ever been to any of them cities and there's some places I should go or should know about, let us know in the comments, man. But uh, yeah, shout out to Mark Barnes. And that, and that was that was another thing that I want to add about that. You know what I'm saying? Though so Mark Barnes, he created a vibe. He was a forerunner of that type of experience you talked about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All of the big promoters who came out to him were following that <clears throat> that vibe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it's different because Mark Barnes was in D.C., so the artists and the you know celebrities that were patronizing D.C., a lot of times were coming from New York. Puff Daddy was the shit who went to Howard, probably connected with him before he blew up. You know what I'm saying? A lot of Howard cats from New York that promoted, you know what I'm saying, probably was fucking with Mark Barnes. So your clientele was was people that you were comfortable with, that that understood your aesthetic and that had that vibe, which you probably helped that probably helped create your aesthetic that you that you chose to go with. Nowadays, the celebrity guys in that space, in the club space, 
they all from Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? It's at least it's closest, the closest place to DC. A lot of the a lot of the artists that's popping and that's hot, there's like, you know, the future and young thugs and people who packing the clubs and shit like that. That's not that aesthetic no more. You know what I'm saying? It's a diamond, you know, mm-hmm. Migos, diamond chokers and skinny jeans and money hanging out of everywhere. That's not the sophisticated, you know what I'm saying, aesthetic no more. So now you have to kind of compete in a space that you don't really even believe in. Like, eh, you know what I'm saying? That ain't, you know what I'm saying? I don't really want to do that. So, right. So now, you know, you switch it and turn your shit into a upscale type of restaurant for, for, for people. And then, you know, how you talked about before, these types of places can charge the place to be tax. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and then brunch people drink as much drink, if not more, than club people. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, why lessen your stress? You know what I'm saying? Keep yourself in your zone and manage your 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 brand and your legacy how you always knew how to. So, you know what I mean? Shouts out to Mark Barnes. Shout out. I remember he was one of them first, <clears throat> and I don't, I've seen a couple episodes, but he was like, you know, we was talking about promoters last episode. Mm-hmm. He had, I think it was him and Taz, they had like a reality show based on promoting Good. in DC and how, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the name of it. it this was probably at least 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to actually watch it now to see. You know, because I don't think I, I thought I was, I was struck by how like new the idea was, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But I don't think I, I, um, I caught it, you know what I'm saying? This is back before streaming. So it was like appointment shit. And if you missed it, you kind of missed it, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it's probably out there. But, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Just to kind of take you in the mindset of what a promoter has to contend with. It was like kind of the first time like you've seen that on, on television, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you know, to, to see the behind the scenes, you know, kind of like a lot of the stuff that we was talking about last week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that's a that's a big thing. Uh, yeah, that's what's up. Word. What else is good with you, man? What else is going on? <sighs> man, shit, I'm chilling, man. I've been around the way uh, <clears throat> in Brooklyn, my homie. Mm-hmm. And y'all, you know, the listeners who've been listening, um, who listened to the Terry Corbett episode? I think it was uh, something about cashmere or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Where he came on and wilded it all the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Young Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not on the list. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he lived you know, a couple streets down. So, you know, he he was, right. he, he, he said, man, come through, man. I'm going to smoke some beef ribs and shit. You know? Mm. And not too many people fuck with a beef rib. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Especially, like, you know, I grew up in Miami in the 70s and 80s as probably the only Muslim in my neighborhood that I knew. You know what I mean? A couple of grown people, but kid-wise, you know what I'm saying? When you hear ribs, it's always pork ribs. The only people who had beef ribs was in my house. You know what I'm saying? Right, And then when you do introduce somebody to a beef rib, they're like, what the fuck is this? This is like a brontosaurus burger or something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> you got the super big, big. The big bones and, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and and the meat is different, you know what I mean? So grilling it is really tricky because it could get tough real quick if you ain't doing mm. it the right way. So right. it's like, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smoke some beef ribs come through. 
I'm like, that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? I don't know too mm-hmm. many people that just be smoking a beef rib. Let me go on down and see mm-hmm. what it's about. So sure enough, we get down. And he had a he had a bought a brand new smoker. You know what I'm saying? Speaking to like grown folks hobbies, like what we talked about before, this is grown folks hobby part too. So, mm. you know, he got it. He's into smoking. Like, you know what I'm saying? He bought this smoker and then he's like, man, I probably watched a thousand hours of YouTube videos on how to smoke shit. Right. I'm like, where? I was like, yeah. So he came out, you know what I'm saying? He had already, they was already done. They've been smoking for eight hours. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he pulled them out. Blah, blah, blah. I guess he had them in like a cooler. And that's another thing. I, I never really seen nobody use a cooler for hot food. But I mean, mm. obviously, it could be, you know what I'm saying, it holds temperature, whatever it is. So I was like, ah, that's it's a thermos. Yeah, it's yeah, a thermos. I was yeah. like, ah, that's cool. Not that I shouldn't have known that, but I felt like I should have. Like, <laughs> shit, I should have known that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. that's, 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 God damn, I've been letting food get cold for a long time for no reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Called the cooler. Right, right. <laughs> Who would think? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, damn. Mm-hmm. Grown folks and they hobbies. Things you learn when you get old. But anyway, mm-hmm. so we had them in the cooler, so they were still hot. I'm like, damn, that is fucking genius, man. And so he pulled them out, unwrapped them and shit. Da, da, da. And the thing that struck me, because, you know, a beef rib, now they, they, they hold on tight. To shit, you know what I'm saying? This motherfucker just went through mm. and slid the bones right out to me. I'm like, God damn. Mm. Now that is a yep. feat in itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That you don't fall off the bone. It's like the nigga just pulled the bone right out. Mm. I was like, oh, this about to be some good eating. That's what the country people say. That's you know what I'm saying? <laughs> tender. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I went to Georgia. My mama moved to Georgia when I was <laughs> like in middle school. And uh, mm-hmm. got up there. Oh, that's some good eating now. That's some good eating. <laughs> I had, they mean that shit too. I had never heard that shit. <laughs> that like shit the, means something. That's that the best explanation yeah. of some good food ever. Oh, that's some good eating now, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. so I knew them shits was gonna be dope. I, I the, right. the shits was looking. I, I pulled out my camera and started taking pictures. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna send you some pictures. <laughs> you can post it to the to the Facebook. You know what I'm saying? And so. So, you know what I'm saying? Got into it, man. And and they was as advertised as they, they was tasted as great as they look. And you know what I'm saying? I just, and I was thinking to myself, self, why you don't get into, you know what I'm saying? Cooking on the grill <laughs> and shit like that. But yeah. for whatever reason, that just ain't my shit. I'm not even, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a, it's, it don't even feel like something that I would be doing. You know what I'm saying? It's it, Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know why I don't have that connection with food like that. Like, you got it, you know what right. I'm saying? To where I was like, you know right. what? I want to replicate that in my kitchen. And I I don't have that. I don't know why. It's like a missing link or something. Mm. So when you do, like, when you discovered that you uh-huh. really fuck with the cooking and shit like that, what was it that yeah. drew you to the shit? Uh... I think I think the first thing about what drew me to it <laughs> I think I felt like I was getting over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like on to be reductive about it. It was mm-hmm. probably a, a lot of different things if I go deep, you know what I mean? 
food scarcity, all that other shit. But if I like, that's that's if we getting heavy. Mm-hmm. But if on some real shit, like it was the the thing of, it was like a hack. It was kind of like one of the first things I wanted to learn how to cook was the type of shit that I would buy in the streets. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like what I would spend money on, if I could replicate it to where it tasted just as good, if not better than the shit that I'm getting from the corner store or from the Jamaican spot or from wherever, I'm up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there that came. But then it was also watching a lot of food programming, mm-hmm. whether it was diners, di- drive-ins and dives, man versus food and, you know, so on and so on. You know what I'm saying? Like you see in this, you know, uh, Anthony Bourdain, like you seeing going back to the vocabulary, you seeing people taste these little dishes, go some of these hole in the walls or go to these elevated places and kind of describe what they're tasting and seeing these chefs like really get into their process and their approach and all of that shit. Mm-hmm. And the appreciation for it and just, you know, just, just trying it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that, you know, my ex, we, she was into food, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, there's that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tasting stuff, creating stuff, having a taster, you know, discovering new flavors and things of that nature. Like, it was, um, it was that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then it really came to a head during this pandemic because it was nothing but a lot of, a lot of time on my hands. At the top of the pandemic, I was trying to make beats and video edit, and I'm still going to get to that shit, but it's tedious as fuck, and it don't taste that good. You know what I mean? So I was like, fuck that. Let me, let me get in, this, let me get in this, this kitchen and and hit YouTube and find some of these little YouTube recipes and see if I could, you know, recreate some of them. Some are better than others, and the more I did it, the more I became less and less recipe reliant Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. then i started to learn how to kind of freestyle and whip shit up and you start building a little bit of cooking confidence that i i kind of didn't all the way think that i would ever have you know what i'm saying like i would say like you know my grandparents they were good or they're good at the like the whip up you Mm -hmm. coming over i'm pull some things out the freezer whatever (laughs) whatever and they whip some fly shit up you like damn I could never do that. And, you know, now I kind of, I get it now. I'm starting to figure that out. So that was that. And lastly, to your point about grilling, like I live in an apartment now, but like that's one of my things that eventually, ultimately, I would love to have a, a spot where I got a, like a little backyard situation to where I could get a smoker and a grill type of thing mm-hmm. to where I could try that. Cause that shit takes some time. Like shout out to like, you know, there's a cat Rodney Scott, who's like, uh, like he's like the, the, the Dada of like black barbecue cats. And mm-hmm. there's a cat, if you watch high on the hog, there's a cat, they roasting a whole pig and they like, yo, we breaking day. Nobody going to sleep. This team no sleep. We're going to be up doing this eight hours. Mm-hmm. And that's a different level of commitment. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's like, it goes back to hobby culture. Like, if you love it, it's for you. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah that's 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 and, where I'm at with it. That's what got me there. The thing about this cat, like, he's toying with all that kind of shit. So, he's, he's doing the, the smoking and the grilling and and, and toying with, with, with cooking outside. Right. But he was also during the pandemic, 
toying with making like specialty cocktails and shit. Right. Right. Which was interesting to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not into them, but mm-hmm. my wife really is. So he would mm-hmm. he would invite me over and then send me home with a little bottle for my wife. And then she was like, oh, okay. And then she'd be a taste tester. And so mm-hmm. so uh, he came up with the idea to, to launch a, a line of um, pre-made cocktails, which really exploded during the pandemic, that category. So like when right. you go to restaurants, when it was the pandemic, you could order drinks to go and then, you know, they'd be bottled mixed drinks. Right. And so he was like, yo, I'm going to jump in that category and let me come up with some specialty shit. And nigga went to mm-hmm. went to motherfucking bartender school, mixology school, whatever the fuck it is, and learned how to mix shit and shit. Now he's set to launch his his line of, of drinks. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, 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 I like the, you know what I'm saying, I like the activity that he got going on as far as using your brain and trying to figure out new things to do with yourself and with your business and you know what I'm saying? It's it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Now that's dope. Salute to that man. Yeah, Word. that's fire. Bartending, like mixology and all that. That's like that's like another. That's almost another level of DJing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you get nice behind that bar. It's like it's like being d nice. You know what I'm saying? Because you getting motherfuckers nice. They feeling it. Word Remember up. I went to an Airbnb. Some guy, whoever the host was, you could tell he was into mixology. He had a whole bar cart. And all of the nice little decanters and the little the mixers and the the bitters and the books and shit like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's a it's a it's a subculture. It's something that yeah, some people love it. It's one of them things. I I it's a slippery slope. I, I dig it. Like you know, I got into that. Tried to, I wanted to make that margarita. This <laughs> is gotta be careful because next thing you know, you just drunk in the crib. Dolo, like I be dolo, so I don't want to get too far far on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I respect it. I respect it. I like a, a good, you know, I like a well-made drink. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be the customer. I don't want to be cooking crack at the house. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I already feel bad when I make a fucking 18 batch of cookies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, I got to freeze this shit. Get this out the way. You got to start inviting your neighbors. Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Come I, try yeah. my new recipe. <laughs> right, right. I gotta start doing, especially post COVID. It's going, right. you know, it's a little bit more open. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm like, you know, what I'm saying crash test dummy on that type of shit. Yeah, right, you all right? You got ribs and drink shit. I'm on the way. Right, <laughs> right, right. Nah, that's the best shit. That's the that's that's dope. That's something to do. Anyway, um, I feel like it's time to transform and roll out. I'm looking at my SD card. It is on Rizad. So I hope <laughs> this conversation. I hope this really was captured. Because if not. Woo! Uh, this was great to have it with you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's hope, for, keep fingers crossed. You got any parting words for the people? That's it, man. Hey, now, you know what I'm saying? Prepare for the revenge summer. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, I hope y'all getting your, your outfits together, your summer wardrobe. We hope your, um, your, your pandemic bodies, you know what I'm saying, uh, is merciful on you. You know what I mean? And um, if you worked out during the pandemic, you hope you get out there and stunt on them because you deserve it. Put in the work. You know what I'm saying? You get the reward. You know what I mean? And until next week, I'm going to let Damien say that line. That's not my line. Well, this is what it is. Until uh, next week, tell a friend to tell a friend. And even the enemy. To get in the conversation. We out.